Hey, what's up? This is Girl Ultra and you're listening to The Thousand Story Podcast in Mexico City. Yes, perfect. So, yeah, it's, it's a nice little, little bitty. A little gosa. Exactly. <laughs> a little bossa nova. Guava juice. Good vibes. Good vibes. Mm. That's seriously so good. Oh my god. Welcome to the Thousand Story Podcast. We are your hosts, Najee. And Luis. And today we have a very, very special guest live from Mexico City. It's girl. Hey, what's up? How you doing? Wait, we gotta get you some claps. Hey. Hold on, no, no. We yeah, we do. We need to get you the claps. Okay. You know what I'm Thank you. There we oh go. My God. Thank you so much, people. It's busy right now. <laughs> mm, mm. Girl, welcome Ultra in the building. Hey. To our no. virtual building. <laughs> this time it's Naji in the building. Well, I mean, Pashaw. Sure. Details, details. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but how are you feeling? Like, how are you doing? What's what's what are you up to right now? I'm good. I'm just mixing my first studio album. Mm. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I don't Big even know things. the title. What's the title of it? Like, what's what's it called? It's t- The title is Nuevos Aires. That means, like, new air. New oh. air. So new- I don't know how to introduce it. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Oh, gosh. So what's, oh, my what's, gosh. What's the overall theme? What, what, what's it about? The overall theme is... There's no, like, a particular story, mm. but it's... Girl Ultra embracing the world as a woman now. Ooh. Like, um, that's really cool. All of these uh, relationship um, perspective, perspectives that I used to have, now mm-hmm. they are in, in the, in the in side of a, of a grown up woman. And it's got like the, all this rawness, like all these new feelings for me. Mm. And I, I just like produced everything I was like going through into into this new got energy. Got it, got it. So, so uh, a little bit about you. You're right, you're 23, right? Yeah, I'm 23. 23, born and raised in Mexico City. Um, and, and when did you, you, you were telling me earlier, like when we met up uh, a few days ago, um, like that you have always been doing music, like you've always kind of been in it and singing. But when did, and you, you said like around 17, high school, like you like really got into it. Yeah. So what what kind of made you make that switch? Like what was the, the motivation to take the that dive at 17? Um, well, as, as you told before, like mm. I, I've always been very attracted to music, not just music, creation. Mm. Mm. I come from a family of painters, like on my dad's side, oh. uh, on my da- dad's oh, side, that's really cool. they're painters, so I always have like this uh, creative like persona inside mm. me, uh-huh. but I felt like a particular attraction to music. Like well, the first time I sang and landed up like a melody, mm. it just like gave me like a very particular high I never felt before. Mm. So I just like never, yeah, I kept with it. And it wasn't until I had like this musical conscience, like a musical criteria when I was in high school Mm. that I actually knew what was the song, the structure, everything. When I Mm -hmm. recorded like probably a couple of songs in my garage band or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) And I got together with this friend, uh, he's from Mexico, Wet Bass. And we got together and we made a band and we took a year off school after high school. We were, every, each one of us, we were gonna get into university, into college, but we were like, no, mm-hmm. no, no, we really wanna do this band thing and mm. mom, please, like, 
rock stars. It's just gonna be pretty healthy, I promise. Right. <laughs> and then we, there's like this um, like club circuit here in Mexico, uh -huh. and we just got to uh -huh. play into all these like trashy clubs and everything. But that's cool. Yeah, yeah. It was. I, I, I would have never skipped that part of, of having a band and. I don't know, like the struggle, you know? Yeah, well, the struggle's yeah. important. Yeah, yeah. Like, like it's, it's very critical to just understand what goes into it. What, and, and like just the, the whole, I guess, the lifestyle. Definitely. Of it, you know, and, and it kind of shapes you and it shapes your music in a way. Uh, so like for you, I know you were telling me earlier, like, like Mexico has a huge goth scene, a huge uh, like disco scene and a club scene. And that like, does that play into your musical style at all? Definitely, definitely. Like I am... I feel very particularly attached to these uh, like new new wave gothic era like high energy because it's very alive in Mexico mm. and right. I like all, all of these um, dark wave clubs I don't know they got like a very particular nostalgia mm. in them mm -hmm. and I feel like my music recalls a lot of 80s nostalgia, mm. 90s nostalgia, yeah. and when I make music, I try to recreate that that little smell, that aroma mm. of that era. No, so that that's why that's I'm, cool. I'm in love with that part of of my city and of like uh, music mm -hmm. culture in Mexico. Beautiful. I mean, I, and I, I noticed. Like, oh, go ahead. Louis. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was gonna say I noticed that you've been you've been uh, you know putting that into your artwork as well because. Um, I know that you work on your own merch and uh, paint like your own. I remember uh, when I saw you in Philly with Triathlon and the Marias, we were talking about, I was going to buy like a pin of yours, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which I still, <laughs> I still want that pin. I I'm really going to save do. a couple ones for you. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I remember you were telling me that you were really into like, making your own merch merchandise and like painting your own like aesthetic um can you tell us a little bit more about um how you've been including that into girl ultra and how girl ultra has been growing up in that that way well i feel like the um, the visual aspect of girl ultra existed before the music really mm -hmm. uh not just in girl ultra like in general in mariana in nando mm. miguel right. um I started painting before I started singing. Wow, I didn't know that. So That's cool. I don't know. I just it just made a lot of sense to me because uh -huh. I'm just trying to nurture this persona, this um, this alter ego, and I feel it comes in hand with mm. with I, I just visualize it and I I just. I, yeah. I'm a pretty controller. I don't know how to say it. Like a I, control freak. Control, control freak. <laughs> yeah, and I, I like to be in charge of everything. Mm. And I've been learning that, like, to just like let go and let people uh -huh. like, um, like teamwork. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. And um, I don't know. I feel like um, in the visual aspect, I've learned so much throughout this two, three years. Like not just um, on the artboards, just the videos and everything. So mm -hmm. I became more of a crea creative director of my project, <sighs> and I also do like manually and stuff. But I, I fell in love with collaborating with artists. Mm. So wait, who are, you, who are some of your favorite artists to collaborate with out here? Out here, yeah. Uh, music, musically, or or anything really. Like. Okay, there's this um, like director, like a uh, visual director that's called Tatanka, well, they call him Tatanka, but his name is Francisco Uton. 
He's also an animator. Francisco Don. Uton. Uton, pardon. Yeah. And we made together the Ella Tu y Yo video. Mm. And he's just an amazing visual artist. Like, I really admire him so much. Gotcha. And mm -hmm. there's also, like, there's this guy that I just found out. Like, a friend of mine called, he's also a very nice artist, a painter. Mm. He's called Club Solo. He goes by this name. Ah, oh, yeah. But, did, 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 wasn't he at the show? Or wasn't that the whole? No, no, that was, that was, uh, clubs. That wasn't no, club no, that really. was clubs. No, no, no. <laughs> this is, like, my high school friend. He's been, like, he teaches me like most most things that I know about art. He, we, we just really communicate in that way. Oh, wow. He's also a very nice like pictorial artist, and he just introduced me to the guy that happens to be painting the cover art for the album. Oh, oh wow! He's just like this cool. post impressionist ick uh, painter. He's amazing. His name is Ramon Malieri, mm. and I'm so excited to see what he comes up with. Mm, okay, all right. So I noticed cool. that there's a lot of that's a lot of visual collaborators. So like mostly on the musical tip, do you tend to just like you said, you're very you're very controlled, not like in a bad way, but you, you <laughs> like exactly how things should sound. So do you find that it's harder to collaborate with people musically here? Um, being a control freak and collaborating. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I feel like that's not. Um, it, it doesn't fight against each other. Like hmm. a control freak. Sometimes um, I just need to detach the control freakness from my ego, mm. and that's a good way to right. go. Like that's a good control freakness, mm. uh, and I try to do that when I collaborate. So gotcha. mm -hmm. I happen to be collaborating collaborating with other control freaks, and ah, then, gotcha. <laughs> then so it turns out good. <laughs> and I don't know, like I I just I just let things go and see how the vibe happens. Like whenever we are on a studio or mm -hmm. like probably planning a video or mm. the live show or whatever and mm -hmm. i don't know i i just i just feel like i'm in the position to be a learner right oh, now right. to listen and that makes sense. Yeah. that makes sense so for for the album process how much of it uh, do you think has been you like learning from the process and like letting it go as opposed to you shaping it like like how much of it do you think has come from your experience and how much do you think of it is somebody else helping you shape the experience um like in general the general shape of the album mm -hmm. is girl ultra learning the past years i just it. like transition right. into this new like yeah energy and mm. and i i particularly got involved with musicians that I admire with friends that happen to just like take it to another level because mm. I just got an idea but then uh, like the bassist of the band he studied in Berkeley and he's got like this madness inside his head with the bass and he just takes mm -hmm. it somewhere else and it's so exciting to see that happening you know <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> I thought my phone was ringing and I was like so disrespectful no you're fine you can, you can do whatever <laughs> it wasn't me it wasn't me just the, the me. bad music it was most likely me actually I think my phone did ring yeah. at one point <laughs> 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 now Marina uh I do have a question. So you've been you've been talking about um, Girl Ultra in like this third person, you know, as if uh, it's almost like an extension of you. Now, do you, do you really do you treat Girl Ultra as like? I, I mean, I, I know that she is a part of you, but as as like a a whole nother being, I guess, like a whole different extension of you. Well, probably not as a whole other being, because I mm -hmm. started thinking of Girl Ultra as me, and I realized it right. wasn't really me. 
So I completely detached her or it or whatever mm -hmm. it is from from Mariana, from from Nanda Miguel. And then I realized that we are pretty similar. So mm. I just call it like an alter ego. Like I'm a pretty shy person, like a nervous person. I'm a pretty, mm -hmm. uh, I, I observe a lot. I'm, a ve I'm very perceptive. Mm. I'm kind of mm -hmm. quiet sometimes, but girl, Ultra is not. Right. And he, he just like yeah. takes all of these uh, messages that Nanda Miguel like uh, crafts in her head. And she's just like the vessel right. to girl. transmit the message. So, mm. so girl oh. Ultra comes up whenever um, I need my bitch to go out there. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think it kind of reminds me of like, like my, my panda tattoo. Like mm -hmm. I have, I, I have this on my arm as a reminder because I'm like, I'm super, like you said, like I'm kind of like you. And then I'm a wildflower. I'm very shy, very reserved. But like, I always have to remind myself in like certain times, you know, like to, to be the panda. Pandas are like, they're, they're maternal and they're sweet, but when they need you, they will rip your face off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it doesn't have to be that extreme, but like I feel you in that. that, that you, it's kind of like a vessel. It's, it's, it's a way of expressing what you truly need to when you need to. Yeah. And it's nice. It's nice to have that. Like, so Girl Ultra kind of came out, would you say it came out of a necessity or was it something that kind of naturally mm, came out? It just, it just evolved, mm. you know, because as I told mm -hmm. you, like, it originally was me, but then I realized it wasn't. So we just started like evolving into this like second head Bahama uh -huh. Peck. Mm -hmm. And then they, <laughs> they just switch whenever like I, they need to. Mm. But mm -hmm. I don't know. I feel like it, it's, a, it's a character that's been growing with the years. Yeah. And as a woman, as I told you, like Girl Ultra is more of a woman, more of this mm. femme fatale. Girl Ultra is just yeah. like this 23 middle class girl from Mexico City. <laughs> <laughs> Got you. So, where do you think? I guess I not that you could ever tell, but like, where do you guess that uh, Girl Ultra will be in like five years, or where, where do you want Girl Ultra to be in five years? Where will she be? Where will we be? Okay, I don't know. Like wherever it takes me, man. Like I, I love to set goals for myself, hmm. but and I got like this huge visual uh, visualizations. Mm -hmm. But I don't really put a name on it or a destination. I just know it. If I keep on working, something's gonna happen mm -hmm. somewhere. Right. You know. So I, 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 I'm pretty anxious. So I like to live yeah. like day to day. So I just try to do I'm like right. try weekly. Not to that I just see like I just cover my eyes to see the week. Like on my calendar, just weekly. I feel you. I've had to practice that consciously because you know I I used to be. And I still do. I'm very much a planner. Like, I, I love planning. And I it, it got to a point where, you know, I kind of guessed and planned out my life up until, like, 2023. Right? I was like, I didn't know exactly where to go. But in the last year, especially in the last six months, I've thrown, like, 99% of my plans out of the window and just started from scratch. And, we're like, right now, I feel like I'm kind of at day one, you know, just taking things at a day time. Like, I'm, I'm here because, you, obviously, you invited me out. But it's... Being able to just come out and, and do it and then go from here to Asia and that's that's a whole I can't I can only plan it to that a certain crazy. degree so it's you know it's definitely important for me to take a, a day to time so I feel you I'd like to say that I had a hand in that because I have like no plan ninety percent of the time he's, he's very I, think, right. I mean it, I feel like I'm starting to learn to like to plan my life just hmm. a little bit you know because I, I it's uh, okay like whatever works like, yeah. yeah. We should learn from people that don't plan 
their lives at all and like, like Louise. the other way around. <laughs> yes. Just try to keep a balance, man. Sometimes we just gotta forget. Yeah. Like, I don't know. No, it's no, healthy. Really, it's it's very healthy. Like, I've I've had to find that that balance over time because it's. Like I said, I used to plan every, like, literally hour out. Like, I had, like, my calendar filled yeah, with, yeah, like, yeah. okay, you know, 9 o'clock to 10 o'clock, yeah, we're doing yeah, this. Yeah. And I still do that to an extent, but, again, it's just balanced. It's finding what needs that, what doesn't need that, okay. or need that. But, um, so, in an yeah. answer to your question, mm. in five years, I see Go Ultra, and then Miguel is a balanced person. Mm. Mm. At wow. peace, you know? At peace. Wow. So what, That's what, like what, the peak <laughs> physical form. That's like your final form. I just want to elevate myself and whatever. Mm. So, okay, in five years, elevation is going to be important. Elevated point. completely. Yeah. <laughs> Girl ultra final. That's Girl ultra <laughs> not. Girl ultra final. <laughs> yeah. At its finest. So, I, I guess, you would you say you're at a kind of a peace now? Or do you still have, I mean, there's always a drive to do things. And there's always like, you know, like a, a strive to get to where you want to go. But is is non-happy right now is non-content with life at the moment i am mm. but i feel like i should be more happy because i'm lucky mm. and sometimes i don't mm -hmm. realize that you know because mm. i get mm -hmm. all caught up in plans and oh my god this should have been better but i don't know i feel like i i need to open my eyes way more for what's happening what is going on i'm mm. happy to be doing what i what I always wanted to. Right. I'm happy I'm not in an office right now. <laughs> True. And um, I don't know. I ju it's just been like a weird year, man. Mm. Like restructuring, like personally, musically, and I don't know. It's just the waters are starting. Like, like everything is about to burst. We're about to finish all this crazy ass like hard work. <laughs> yeah. And then right. the waters are gonna calm. And I don't know. I. I'm just in this constant like up and down and I, I don't know I would be very bored if it wasn't this way. I feel you but it's it's kind of like a it's, it's a nice uh like you said like a roller coaster it, yeah. it's kind of like an enjoyable uncertainty right now yeah it's a which is cool which is why you take it a day to time because you can't really <laughs> plan that much out hmm well so like I, I know that like you said you you kind of have people that you work with and you're, you're shaping this album out and you're shaping your vision out um, but like, you know, so you're, you're in the middle of like, we're actually, you're in the middle of a mixing session right now. We haven't had some time available, but like, how, how did you end up finding the right people to work with? Like, how did you end up knowing like, yeah, like besides how they sound, but like, do you mesh more with people that you really connect with? Or like, can you just go into a studio and work with somebody you've like never met? <laughs> well, I can do both, mm. but with something as personal as an album, mm. Mm -hmm. I just like were I was overthinking so much before it even started. I was like, oh my god, I want this and this and this, and then it, every everything started developing naturally. Like, oh, like the, uh, a guy that happens to be like the guy that I told you before that was in my band, mm -hmm. like my former right. band friend yeah. <laughs> from high school. <laughs> right. He actually produced a couple of songs in this album. Got it. And oh, that's like, cool. Cheeks, my manager, helped me also producing. And Alaniti, that's also another guy, another producer and, and mixer, mm -hmm. like engineer. Yeah. Um, I used to listen to his band a lot. He's got like this band called Vicente Gallo mm -hmm. when I was like, 16 and he was opening for foes when they started oh wow yeah oh my that gosh was and i used to admire him so much and now he just like mixes he's he's been mixing for natalia la forcade uh eh, la ferte like all these like mexican mm -hmm. and latino like songstresses and 
like right now we became really good friends mm. and I don't know everything's wow. just like this beautiful girl ultra family just been mm. happening like day to day and I don't know like I'm, I'm pretty happy about that like I'm glad I'm glad like, actually so Cheeks is upstairs right now I, I, I got to meet him while you were well, when we came back yesterday and I didn't know that he was your producer too like that's crazy like he's your manager and your producer and I just hearing some of this does he produce or like executive produce most of the tracks on your, on your or anything or like singles yeah, yeah most of it like he executive produces um, he produced my first EP and right now we like we've been working together for so long so we were like okay let's just try new people right all like, right <laughs> let's, let's just take a, a professional break and it came out good because both of us like learned a lot throughout the process mm. like um mm -hmm. he comes from this like club dj uh the label before it was like all djs and it was like a very um strong scene in mexico and mm. Monterrey. And he just started trying luck with singers and developing uh, artists. And I was the second one to come here. God. Oh, wow. We've been, it's like a trial and error. Mm. And it's been very good. We've, we've been learning from a lot, like what to do, what not to do. And <laughs> and I don't know, like I, I am not in a rush, you know? Because mm. usually it happens yeah. a lot in the city. It just eats you up. Like, you just gotta stand out. And I don't know, I feel like it's very similar to LA, probably. I would actually say it's more similar yeah. to, to New York. I mean, it, yeah, it, it's yeah, similar yeah. to both in, sure. in, in different it's places. It's a make sure. Yeah, like, because but... it's got the New York hustle, I would say. It's yeah, got the New the York hectic. kind of the grind yeah. and the hectic and the chaos of it. But it's got the, the LA, like, I need to stand out kind of syndrome. Because, like, they, I, from what I've seen, and I've only been here <laughs> a week, if not less than, but from what I've seen, you know, there's not many, you know, like, established artists. There's, there are large communities of artists, but, like, established artists that are really taking off and putting their city on. Um, that's, like, a, like a dime a dozen here. Like, there's not really that many in here. And, like, I'm, that's why I'm grateful that, you know, artists like you exist and, and that you're exposing the world to Mexico City and, and, and the surrounding, you know, territories. You know, it's... Because mm -hmm. I, I literally would have never, I, well, I would have got here at some point, but it wasn't on my priority list to come to Mexico City because I, I, I didn't really know what to expect, what it looks like. But to be able to take that culture and, and take that and, and share that with the world, that's a hard thing to do. And, you know, that's the, and that coupled with, you know, building out your own brand, your own wishes and your own persona, that's a hard thing to do. So, I mean, <laughs> it, 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 it yeah. takes a lot. I feel like you're one of the few artists, uh, like Latin American artists, who is actively like you're. You're like CDMX. You know what I mean? Like yeah, you're yeah, very yeah. like a part of your city and a part of your your culture. Mm. Um, whereas like there are certain Latin American artists who like once they hit the international stage, it's just kind of like oh they're a, they're a Spanish artist or like they're a Hispanic artist or Latin American artist. You know, um, and nobody really knows where they come from or. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, or, or they just move like right where it's happening. And that's yeah. like a, a huge, like problematic, I don't know, issue mm. for, for me as a Latin mm -hmm. artist. Because it's not the same, like with this whole Latin or Latino boom, mm -hmm. like things are mm -hmm. like kind of mixed. Like people don't really understand the message because it's not the same a Latino that is like probably Latin American and mm. got a green card. It's different right. opportunities, you know, gotcha. than Latinos yeah. that actually live on their own countries and try to 
go and tour in the US mm. or whatever, you know? It's just a different yeah. process. And I feel like we should open up. It's not just like Karo G and J Babin mm-hmm. and yep. it, we should really open up Rosalia. like the Latino spectrum. Because uh, yeah, Latinos got it right now like our own site. Right. <laughs> but mm-hmm. they are cataloging us as just one genre, like oh you're right. trap music, urban or whatever. And yeah. you you would be amazed like how many like punk bands or shoegaze bands are in Mexico and we're Latino artists yes. also. Right. It's a, so, it's an addition. Absolutely. It's not like it's yeah. not exclusive. Yeah. yeah. So it's just been like weird trying to explain the message. I always say this when I when I they when they ask me that, I'm like, oh what do you think about Jake Balvin and blah blah blah. <laughs> and of course I love reggaeton and I love whatever's happening. Right, right, right. Yeah. But we should open up the conversation for that. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. That was my that was my biggest gripe for the longest time because um, I'm Hondureño, mm-hmm. so, and I moved to the states at a really young age, and I was really excited, you know, like when I was younger, and then I started hearing like reggaeton, out and just uh, like more Spanish music out, but then I realized that we were pigeonholed into this, you know, we're like, all Latin music is like reggaeton music basically in the U.S. You know, and it wasn't until like a few years ago until I heard like Carla Morrison for like the first time break out and actually be a a Latino artist that was crossing over into the US. She, I think she did a she did a song with Macklemore. Oh really? Um, yeah, she did a couple yeah. of stuff like um defiant stuff, I might say. Yes. Uh for mm-hmm. the industry and for where Latinos were standing at that moment. Mm. So right now there are no fucking boundaries. I'm sorry for no. the bad words, but no, yeah, please. <laughs> no, I don't know. Like, You're good. Uh, in particular, like I, I have a lot of friends from LA that are Mexican American mm. that happen to right. make music, and it's just crazy how like we're just like people making music. Yeah. In general. Like mm-hmm. those tags are just affecting us. You know? Yeah, it's kind of categorizing. Like, he's a pigeonholing into it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, like, labels might help in this area, in this era, Mm -hmm. that is, like, uh, too many information is being generated and Mm -hmm. we have no memory or retentive. Like, we we just cannot keep a message in our heads because the next one is already playing. Yeah, so much. And I feel like some labels are good and some are bad. And I feel like Latino artists Mm -hmm. is not a good Mm -hmm. label. Interesting. And, and, I, uh, I agree. No, go ahead, Luis. <laughs> no, no, I, I agree because, like, we, we shouldn't really be put into a category just based off of where we come from. I mean, like, if you're a punk rock band, you should just be a punk rock band Definitely. and categorize in punk rock, not as a Latino, you know, artists and put into, like, the Latin Grammys. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, we should be a part of it all. Yeah, the fact I, that there are, like, a Latin, there's a Latin Grammys versus, like, the regular Grammys, like why, why that there's a difference? I don't know. That's that's confusing to me. Yeah, it's very confusing. Yeah, yeah. like why, why separate? I mean, I, I like I understand highlighting it, but like there's a specific like a separate category for it, which is crazy mm-hmm. to me. Like, I, I don't know. Like Latin music and, and Latina and Latino music is it, it's inspired me in and, and it's inspired music in so many ways that it's like why would you detach why would, it yeah why would you detach it yeah. it's part of everything of course, because of the language i feel like that's the um, the limitation mm. like the language but right now like i i've just toured the u.s a mm. month ago congrats and, uh, thank you <laughs> and everybody speaks spanish 
Most know? people, I barely yes. speak Spanish. I'm working. But, but you understand a couple of words, right? Right. right. You know, like it's not something like very alienated from right. from what what you yeah. live in your everyday life. Right. right. You got friends that you got Luis speaks exactly. Spanish. Exactly. Right. So, yeah. like it's not. I don't know. Like I would understand if it's like um, a, like from Switzerland or. Like, right. <laughs> it's very difficult to like to be part of it, but like Spanish is all spread all around, you know. Mm, absolutely, yeah. and it's it's so pervasive, especially in the U.S. culture. Yeah, especially yeah. in the U.S. culture. Yeah. you know, it's like, the second biggest language in, in the U.S. Yeah, so I, I mean, why, why wouldn't it be considered? Yeah. Yeah, that's why it's always so confusing for me. Because, you know, me, even growing up in between uh, New York and Pennsylvania, just the summers that I spent in New York, I, you know, all my friends were either Dominican or Puerto Rican. <laughs> you know, like, they, they all, all my Hispanic friends were that, were that kids. But, like, it was so ingrained and so normal for me to hear Spanish every day, normally. Like, there's just a regular mm-hmm. thing, just going down the street and hear reggaeton blasting. Yeah. <laughs> or, like, you know, just hear bachata in the corner, like, just somewhere, like, just out of a restaurant. Because that's just the culture. That's just what it is. So it's just, it, it's always been surprising that, like, it's it's had to come so far into, like, mainstream culture. Because, like, I feel that Latin, like, Latin American music right now is kind of, getting its shine like it's having its moment yeah. because you, you're having the J Balvin's and, and the, the but, but you know but, we don't want to be a trend right you know? and this yeah. particular movement is turning into a trend true and this is the mm-hmm. way I see it like down here in Mexico City right. the way they expose it it looks like a trend Mm, mm. And yeah. Latin music has always been like Latinos music have always been there you know? always yeah. always oh my always. gosh it's crazy so what would you like if you were to envision like a way to kind of shift it? I mean, how how would you go about shifting that culture so it's no longer a trend and it's just like kind of like a natural progression of music? Like, how would you try to implement that? <laughs> um, I feel like um, paying less attention to the media because mm. um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like a lot of Latino blogs, they just blog about. They, they just post like new Bad Bunny song and dude they're like yeah. today like 10 of your fellas like <laughs> drop the song and then the headline is Bad Bunny and he doesn't need th- even need that you right. know right, right. and yeah. I feel like uh, media should be more supportive and objective about who are they running about mm. and mm-hmm. I don't know I feel like they're very guilty for it this true i mean they're guilty of that in the states too for for general pop music and, and bigger artists in general gain yeah. more of that spotlight when you know in actual like in order to progress the art of music yeah. you know to highlight the people that are making the sounds that are that were you know already existing five years ago but they're now popular are not getting the, the proper shine or not yeah. getting proper recognition and also i feel like it, there's like a community issue here in mexico like mm. we're yeah. all spread around so I see, like, mm, I don't know, for example, like this Ed Banger from France, like mm-hmm. that era and Rush music. They were like very small artists and they started like doing this network between them, which everyone was, right. okay, I'm gonna open your show. And then it, they started growing up a community and that happens in California as well. Like mm. all this Kuko movement, uh, Inner Wave, all right. of these bands, they support mm-hmm. each other yeah. and they, I don't know, they create actually like a network, that's the word. True. And here yeah. it's very difficult to do that. There's like a lot of ego. So I feel like it's our responsibility uh, mm. here. Like, okay, so I'm gonna do a show. So I'm gonna grab like my 
my best friend's band who opened and this other DJ friend and we're gonna do like this whole event because mm. I don't know mm -hmm. like people need to link up what's going on because it's for it's specifically for R&B that's a new thing mm. particularly a new a new thing in, in, in Mexico City yeah 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 in Mexico City yeah R&B like in the 90s was infiltrated in pop music oh, yeah. and everything but mm -hmm. there was not really like an R&B scene so right oh. now that we're gaining that that R&B and Espanol tag, uh, we should take advantage yeah. of that. And yeah, for example, they tell me like, oh my God, you're the R&B only girl that's doing this in Spanish. No, I'm not. Right. <laughs> and I don't want that responsibility because when it's just one person doing it, it doesn't happen. Like probably mm. I'm gonna go, I'm fly to LA or whatever. And, I'm gonna be part of another movement because a solo artist is very difficult to survive, you know? Mm. Right. So, so what, what, speaking of, where, who are some of the, uh, I guess, some of the more other solo artists, R&B artists that you know of that you want to put on? Oh, there are a lot. Um, they're like all, like really spread around. But mm. there's this um, girl I just discovered and she, she just like uploaded two songs in SoundCloud, but I'm like really intrigued. She's called Babe Mija, and I think she's from Mexicali. Ooh, Oh, cool. Yeah, and there's this, uh, like, boy band called La Kiaya Kiai that they just popped out, like, last year. They were in finesse with us. Um, <laughs> who else? Uh, there is this girl, like, singer-songwriter called Fer Casillas. She's more of a soul, like, contemporary soul. Mm. She's such an amazing, like, songwriter. Um, I don't know, there are like a lot of, like, just to mention a few, I just want to say no, that no, name. Uh, also, um, there's like these emo-ish R&B trap band from Monterrey called Kitty Gang. They're with us too. Like, Interesting. Yeah. Like, That's so cool. There's, they're, they're, like this last year has been very exciting. Like mm. a lot of new projects and most of these new we've seen, it's not even like over 25 years old. Wow. So, Mariana, do you, do you feel like it's it's on you as as an artist who's like now gaining more recognition to like start putting the world onto like these artists of or or you know like Latin American artists that you know to like help them come up as well? Definitely. Like, I I of course feel the responsibility on me, <laughs> and it's a good thing. Like. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know, like sometimes these people like writing me a text message like, mm -hmm. hey, I love your song. And it's like, I, I admire you as well. Or like, hey, give me a, a, like a little advice about this thing mm -hmm. on like uploading my music or whatever. Like mm -hmm. I, it can start like with the small changes. But yeah. Definitely. I, I would love like in a couple of years to do something bigger, like probably a festival uh... or... Yeah, yeah, probably curating like some events with all these like new up and coming artists. Mm. And but I, it, it you, you just don't gotta fly like all that like that far, you know? Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. do it small. Like share. I always say so. Like um, share your fucking friends' music. Mm-hmm. It's simple. It it's it's you, simple as that. Like just share it. Like it helps a lot. It really so, does. I don't know, like, I, I don't know why, why sometimes that thing is so, so difficult for people. I don't, maybe it's, for me, like, I've never had an issue sharing my friend's music at all. Of course not. All. 
But me I, I either. Can, for me, I don't know. Like, I, like trying to put some of my, myself in, in somebody's shoes who is not prone to supporting their local friends or like, but they'll support like you know major artists. For me, I feel like they're in a space where they don't really understand the process that goes into making a song, so they can't really appreciate the gravity of it. All they know is that maybe, or, or maybe it's the fact that they see the process and they don't see the same polish of, of like a, a, a higher tier artist because, you know, a higher tier artist has thousands of dollars of a budget and go to super nice studios. And, and, but you don't see that, you don't know those numbers. You just hear a final product and everything that comes out fire. But when you're, you know, on the lower, like, or you're working your way up, you have to use what you have and use what, what that sounds like. So, mm -hmm. you know, to the, to the average listener, that doesn't sound very clean. It doesn't sound as good. So they don't want to support it because it's not as good, even though the actual content in and of itself is there. It's just the resources are limited. So I think for me, it's like it's, it's a lack of awareness of how much goes into it and how much it actually takes to get to that sound or how much work and how much skill it takes to get to that sound. And if it's not coming from you, having to either hire people out or have people that believe you that, that have that. And if you don't have that around you, you know, it's, it's you have to do it yourself. So you're kind of limited in a sense. So I don't know. I wish there were an easier way to kind of expose people to that process. You know, like, cause you know, people see, you know, when they say like, how's the music thing, you know, <laughs> and I hate answering that question. Cause it's such a, for me, it feels like such a, I don't know. It's not a backhanded compliment. It's not like, oh, that, that music hobby thing. Like they're genuinely curious. But because it's such this broad term, you know, how's the music thing going? And there's so many ways that music can be successful for you. You know, either, even if you're not recording anything, you could be touring or you could be doing singular shows or you could be working on, you know, background music for a show consistently. And that could be your definition of success, whatever it is. But because people literally don't know where or how music can work for people or how it works for you know that individual they just get the question how's the music going and it's just a testament to how little people actually know about what goes into it and, and how to get to that that drake point or that yeah, you know point you know that, that happens a lot like i won't go far like in my family that question comes <sighs> like pops all the time like how's the music thing going and they just want to see numbers exactly like how many plays yeah. or not even plays like how much are you doing a month mm -hmm. and it's like you know like the effort is i don't know like you just put so much into it and it can't be seen it's not yep. tangible it like, really isn't and yeah. explaining yeah. that to people that actually it's not involved in in this mm. it's very hard it's very very hard yeah so i think there's that that inherent barrier oh, go ahead Liz, you're gonna say something I was gonna say, like, really, really, nobody knows. Like, you were saying, like, the time frame. Like, even people that I'm close to don't understand that, you know, I could start a song, you know, last November and it won't be done until, like, now. You right. Know? <laughs> um, and that's just because, like, I, not necessarily because I like start did, did that as a start to finish for one song, but you know, the song has to develop, and you know, you. You may not be ready to finish the, the full song at that time mentally and like I, I feel like how, how you were saying Mariana like there's a lot of intangibility when it comes to creativity that it's difficult to put that into like a regular nine to five work day that everybody's used to definitely you know yeah and, and actually uh, like the process it, it's it's so weird like you go 
it, like personally and when you're making a song like i i actually just realized that music is just like this magical moment whenever you're composing and you hear like the first glimpse of a song mm. and then mm -hmm. everything else is a process yep. you know like <laughs> yes. mixing is a process <laughs> mastering is a block it's a process like mm -hmm. uh doing the whole like input for the song is a process like, yep I don't know, it just becomes like so much hard work in that three minute song. And I guess the tricky part about it is that ultimately it is one, an investment, right? In, in the sense that you really can't say that it is going to be a successful or unsuccessful song. Like it's just, it's you taking a chance on creativity and creativity is rarely ever quantifiable in the sense that like you can't really put a number on creativity or like a, a specific this will give me this amount Definitely. right you you never know what it's going to be so it's always a risk you know when you when you're making something so that inherent risk makes people kind of like uh, unattracted to it as a, as a potential or a serious avenue for people especially you know with their friends you know if you have a, a, a peer group that's usually going for you know, in, in college for like business or uh, like as, as coders or something like that you know, they have a clear cut career path. You know, if you're coding yeah. for something, you're going to be coding for a company or several companies. But sometimes this is clear. Like right. I got friends that are engineers and everything. Yeah. And I, I feel like I got a clearer path in my man, in my mind mm. than they got when I talk to them. Yeah. Like, yeah, that kind of career doesn't give you the certainty of life. True. But people yes. don't know that. Yeah, <laughs> I wish they do. As an artist, I feel like, there's so much going on whenever when you're an artist and mm. you give your life to this because you're exposed all the time. All the time. All the time. <laughs> and it's very hard to be like reservated with, with your persona mm. and with your work. So you just gotta like you're you're like signing your life out yep. there. Every and time there you make a song. <laughs> this is me. And, and that's crazy. That's that, the fact that there's such a vulnerability. And that is expected, like, you know, a song really, there, there are songs that are meaningless that kind of take off, but like, in order for it to have like a timeless impact on people, it has to have such a vulnerability to it that, you know, it really puts you out there. And it's crazy that, it, that even in that, in, in keeping that in mind and, and understanding how influential music is over our, our daily lives, we're still like, how's the music thing going? <laughs> it's like, yeah. uh, <laughs> But then actually, like those kind of like I don't want to say the word, the, mm. those meaningless songs sometimes that we heard on the radio, yeah. it could mean mm -hmm. the world to true people like my engineer friend. Very like, true. Going out on a Friday, yeah, it's actually like a get out for somebody, mm. like a, a getaway. I'm sorry. Yeah. So I don't know. It's just like a matter of perspective. Completely. Like we always want to take it to the fucking deep side. Right. <laughs> <laughs> probably like uh, Cardi B. I mean, she's living her best life. Save, save like yeah. uh, a secretary's life. Yeah. You know, or probably mine. Right. Hey, you know? Has Cardi B saved <laughs> <No>. your life? <laughs> Every single day. Every single day, Cardi. Whenever you, whenever you hear where this, you are, someday. Cardi. You know, my girl. We believe in you. <laughs> Do you believe in me, Cardi? I, 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 I think she does. As, <laughs> as, a, as a Latina from the Bronx. Yeah, you know, just peer to peer. As a Latina <laughs> from the Bronx. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But yeah, no, I, I feel you. There's, there's a lot that goes into it. And 
ultimately it is a very much a perspective thing because it's so subjective. Music is a very subjective thing. But, you know, I wish there were a way to, not to quantify it, not to put a number on it, but I wish there were a way to, to make it more legitimate well, in, in yeah. people's I think, lives. I think we're just in the struggle right now because, like, this is the first time I've, I feel in, in the history of music that we have not just like musicians and composers that are working like in shows but like actual like artists who are trying to be a persona um that are now middle class true you know people who are releasing music on their own and are gaining some sort of popularity uh not you know to a, a crazy mainstream mm. uh, like ariana grande stage because uh, that that is almost like impossible nowadays. Yeah, yeah. and there's <laughs> um, I I can like really notice um, a different ambition in our in our generation mm. as an mm -hmm. artists. Like we are really trying to polish the product, like to give yeah. our all, mm. and we don't care. Like well, a lot of a lot a lot of people care, mm. but like my inner circle and my artist circle, like. They just want to make beautiful music mm. and probably mm -hmm. make some money out of it. Right, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but we're 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 not looking for greatness, you know. Like, oh, we. Yeah. Fuck no, I don't want to be a guy. Mm. Just imagine having, like, I don't judge, but like Justin Bieber's life. Like, couldn't I couldn't go out to buy like conchas, <laughs> like pan de muerto <laughs> on the corner. Yeah. Like, I don't want that. Like, mm. I just want to have a great lifestyle and make beautiful music. And connect, you know. Mm. And yeah, I don't know. Like, I think a lot of us want that. Like, yeah, and oh. I feel like that kind of greatness, like natural, like transcendent greatness, mm. died. Cause it, cause I consider it actually died when, uh, probably in the eighties, like when we realized what was gonna happen in the next thirty years. Mm. Like that particular uh -huh. nostalgia and the, like fantasizing about something that big i think it, right. it just encapsulated in the 80s like this utopian uh reality like our cars are gonna fly i don't know <laughs> right <laughs> it was very dreamy yeah. and the uh, 90s yeah. was very negative and yeah. the 2000s we just realized like what humanity what humanity has been to mm. and where is it going so there's not much to dream about like there is but like, like as a like logistically speaking, yeah, I feel mm -hmm. it just reduced into the music because everything's so immediate, it's very fast. Yeah, and in the eighties and seventies and back then, it just took so much it time. It took time. It just built up. Yeah, like very organically. Yeah, it was a very methodical right. process. Like, yeah. and, and more went into it. You know that that I think that's a testament to, um, like I guess the the ability to act or the, the entry point like the the entry into music was a lot higher like the entry okay. point into it because you you really couldn't there was no laptop and little 40 dollar usb mic like you had to go to a studio yeah. you had to go and find an engineer you had to find, like they, there you was had to get whole, signed yeah you had to get yeah, signed yeah. There was, and there was particularly a, like this icon like hmm. um phenomenon like just just as david bowie michael jackson yeah janet mm -hmm. grace jones um i feel like a lot of their success was mm. because people didn't really had access to their lives. True. They were immaculate. Like, oh my god, like people yeah. that could actually see David Bowie on stage probably 
Like as soon as he came down the stage, hmm. they didn't know anything about their lives. So true. they were just like, oh That's my so god. True. Like like it was a fantasy, you know? Like hmm. seeing an artist, listening to an artist, it was an actual fantasy. And right now, I feel like having that immediate access like so fast, like I oh, I can see like at what time this my artist goes to the bathroom right. and what does he eat and it just broke that that, that 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 it broke the the the, the fantasy. fantasy. The fantasy. Yeah, that, yeah, it definitely did. Like that's a very good point. Yeah. You so know, like social media. Yeah. And, well, not just social media, but being able to have that, like you said, instant access to your favorite artist is kind of a blessing and a curse. Because it's a blessing and a curse. Yeah, it, it definitely removes some of that mystique and removes some of that um, that fantasy. But I think it also it has the potential to increase the intimacy because you know now you can have that even deeper connection with your fans yeah you, you just gotta like play it in a very intelligent way yes you know yes you do because mm -hmm. we also gotta be private if we want to be private we have the mm -hmm. right to be private absolutely like it usually True. happens like uh, um with like my agency and everything, you gotta post this and you gotta talk to the camera and invite mm. your people to the like the people to the show. And sometimes you don't want to do it. You just right. want to post a flyer and see if people come through. Yep. You know. Yep. Yeah. And I understand like it's it's an industry. Yeah. But like you're you're the owner of your face and your voice and everything and like you just gotta Instagram is like your curriculum like like yeah the way you work now yep. and it's very hard yeah. to just like I would love to erase like to oh. delete my Instagram we talked about it so many times I, I can't even tell you like it would be so nice to not have to worry about posting something Oh my! Gosh. And it, the worst part about it is is that Instagram <laughs> works off of like the more times you post the more engagement that you'll get so you have you're stuck in this loop of like having yeah. to constantly post something you know what I mean yeah, yeah, yeah. and not only like work-wise like yeah of course like we we work throughout our instagram mm. but we're uh -huh. like slaves to it yes like yeah. i actually just open my phone and scroll and get this like nonsense information i don't even pay attention to my phone right. I'm just like scrolling <laughs> it is it's sick yeah. like yeah i just saw an image like people doing like regular stuff where they use the phone all the time like mm -hmm. being on the table eating or before they go to bed or whatever and they just like uh photoshop the phone out oh yeah they saw yeah I saw and it just it just looks so weird like <laughs> we're we so weird like no, it definitely human beings are so so strange now it, it, we're in a strange yeah. time because at the same time that we have so much access to the world we also are probably in our most lonely state because we're we're kind of alienating ourselves from the, the world that we currently yeah. exist and live in you know mm -hmm. they, they, there's yes there's so much out there and and there's so much to see but like <laughs> in your immediate space most of us mm -hmm. spend our time ignoring it or just you know paying attention to what is ne like necessary to live yeah. you know so i go to my job i go home i, you know, I sleep i eat and that, but that's then it. your phone gets in the way and then your phone the whole day. Yeah. and your phone becomes yeah. your solace of sorts because yeah. you know if you're if your day to day is kind of this monotony or this this structured steady consistent non-changing thing your phone is your only source of excitement yeah. so it's like what how did we get to that point <laughs> and it got so fast and i, I yeah. feel like we were meant to be that connected mm -hmm. we were not prepared to be that connected. you were prepared for gonna be that connected. Yeah. yeah you know like what's crazy is i i feel like we're i'm so sorry to no, interrupt no, you go but ahead. I was gonna say we're we're like the last generation that knows what it was like to not be connected all the time. Yeah, 
you know like i mean like we really grew up with the with the internet and i feel like we're the cutoff of that whole you know we used to go outside and play when we were kids and yeah, now kids okay. stay inside and play with their ipads that's not to say kids long. don't nowadays but it's it's more common to see them with the ipads right right the, exactly you know it's crazy like uh i don't know like probably our brain is gonna explode at some time of information <laughs> yeah I feel like they're gonna like I'm gonna go a, a bit darker. Mm, <laughs> Probably mm. they're gonna develop like a lot of pathologies in human beings. Like I would think mental so. Mental illnesses. Yeah. There's, yeah. I mean, there's because there's so much uh, that we don't know about the technology that we're creating because it's it's coming so fast and we don't know what the long term effects are because it's so new. Yeah. <laughs> you I, know. I feel like it doesn't help like for people that's actually got like uh, a mental illness, like mm. paranoia, all that stuff. Like you got access to your fears yeah. all the time in your hand. So all the time. I don't know. Like how are we gonna stop this? Like is is there gonna be like a reaching point where we wanna get rid of it? I I think I think we're 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 starting to question that. I don't know if we're moving in that direction yet, but we're starting to like consider that as a possibility. Because I've noticed there's more of a shift with everyone, not just musicians, but like everyone mm-hmm. moving into the it's stepping away from their social media and kind of coming back to just real life or like disconnecting you find a lot more people traveling and disconnecting like there's even like a meme going on right now where it's just like oh, yo no cell phones just vibing we vibing right now <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like that's that's a that's a current that's the current trend right now that we're we're trying to move back into or at least the younger generation is trying to move back into just what's around them and being in that moment you know i, I can't guarantee that it's going to stay there but at least it's being considered right now. So I, I don't even know what what the the landscape of like social media will look like in five years. Because if you think, right, I personally think that Facebook is is well, it's not dead because there's a lot of ways that we still use it. But I think that social media in general, so Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all of these things are kind of they're they're still climbing, but they're they're starting to slow down yeah. on that that. Yeah, escalation, and we're getting to a point where it's we're gonna get to that crux before everybody starts disappearing. Um, but what happens when they disappear? What what happens yeah, after the, are gonna pop up. the purge? You know, like what what <laughs> what happens <The> when <laughs> when there's like nothing or when people really don't want to use the internet in that way. And but at the same time, there's even newer technology to connect in an even deeper sense because you know by the time that happens, AR VR. AI, yeah, yeah. they're going to be heavily incorporated into society. So what does that even look like? I don't, I don't know. Like, you know? It's so weird. Um, <laughs> like, when you start a measure, your relationship, if you, like, pop out your phone or not. Right. Like, <laughs> I always think, like, oh, this person, I need to get my phone charged. Right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Jokes, jokes, jokes. But, yeah, like, uh, actually... It feels very warm and good when you actually connect with somebody and mm. you don't feel the need to put Quite up your phone. You know? And yeah. sometimes even if you're connecting, like both of us, like both people take out the phone. It's so crazy. It's just like part of your hand. It's a natural extension. Yeah, it's a natural extension now. That's how it's designed. I don't I don't know what it's gonna so look scary. like. But <laughs> we shall see. I don't know. So oh I'm trying to think I had another question for you. Oh, oh, food wise. Um, very, very tangential. It's a whole other topic, but <laughs> hey, let's go. 
segue. You know, uh, you know, we're good at transitions. Um, <laughs> you know, what what are some of your uh, favorite foods out here that do you think uh, people are, like sleeping on in okay. the states? Wow, I'm a foodie. Uh, like Mexican food here mm, in my city. Mm. Okay, my favorite favorite food. I think there it's barbacoa tacos. Oh, but like um, like sheep tacos. Ooh, and the lamb. They, oh, they, that yeah, lamb. Sounds Sorry, delicious. Lamb. And they just like do it into like this um, banana like leaf, banana leaf? <laughs> like the banana leaf. But they do it inside a hole on the on the ground. Oh, so they kind of cook like uh, empanadas? Uh, no, no, no. They just put the meat inside of the of the banana leaves, mm. and they cook mm-hmm. it like they slow cook it, like with a. Um, Oh, like like charcoal. Mm-hmm. And like the charcoal, and they just take it out and they serve it on Sundays. Like most most of the uh, of the time, they serve it on Sundays, mm. Sundays, Sundays, and it's amazing. Like it's just like this tender meat, um, like very um, no grease on it, but it's mm. like this flavor of the animal. Really like. I I don't think I've actually tried barbacoa oh, while well, I'm out here. I I had carnitas, I had. Uh, uh, tacos al pastor. Uh, I had dorado. I had tacos tacos al, dorado. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had a quesadilla, obviously. Like, obviously. Yeah. Uh, what else did I have? I had, I had tortas as well. I right. carnitas tortas. Yeah. You that was really love tortas. Stuff. You know, I was like, I'm, 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 yeah. I'm also a foodie. I really like enjoying, like, what a city has to offer. Like, the best food the city has to offer. Not necessarily, like, five star or like like in a five star establishment because five star food can be found anywhere yeah definitely anywhere but yeah like i like even while i was here i was on a i've been basically booking like airbnb experiences Mm -hmm. um so there's like individual tour guides or um just individual locals that know food spots really good food spots and they'll take you around and show you those food spots and I've, i've done like two of those so far while i've been here and it's just been phenomenal. It's it's been oh like my my favorite taco spot so far is, I think is uh, Los uh, Gueros Ooh. de Botarín. I think I think that's the spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they have the uh, the gringa in that. The, oh my! Have you had the gringa? Yeah, yeah. You had I I the last day that you were here, you tried uh, la gringa from Orinoco. Okay. Yes. Okay. That's I, not guys. I can't. I can't. <laughs> that sounds so too good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my, God. my gosh! Yeah, I have to say, I, I had it from uh, from Orinoco. Orinoco. Or, yeah. I I had it from there, but I think Los Gueros was better. I, th- I think it was. Yeah, it's different. It's, it's different. different. Everybody's got to get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. so many taco spots. They, they like Mexicans always fight about which ones are the best tacos, <laughs> and they're not best tacos. Like. I don't know, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Exactly. You know? yeah. So, like, tacos are... You, you, everybody's got a different perspective of it. A hundred percent. So, like, but, one... Oh, but, oh. the tortilla's gotta be well cooked. True, true. You can't have no half-assed tortillas. No, no. Yeah. Can't do it. That's that's unprofessional. Are you? Do you know? Do you know? Okay, I'm just asking out of my own personal curiosity because I'm gonna be in Tulum. Do you know of any dope spots in Tulum that I should? Mm, I that do we should know. go to. I do know, but I don't remember. But I'm gonna text you a couple of spots that are not actually in Tulum. They're like uh, on the bay, like a part of the Amazing. bay. Um, there's like a burger spot. I'm not called. I'm. I don't remember if it's called Casa Jaguar. But there's like a marisco, like a seafood mm. uh, uh-huh. 
like spot right on the beach on the bay and they serve you on this like plastic tables and it's like very Amazing. very local i'm gonna tell you i don't remember the name but you gotta go there it's like 15 minutes away from Tibu. Yes, I'm, I'm definitely gonna go. So <laughs> you can get eat your and then dip in the water. And so, so like oh you were telling God, me also yes. about that Monterrey, like the the meat there. I have yet to experience it, but I know that apparently it's it's a delight. It's it's the best meat in it's Mexico. Like in the north of the country, mm. like they got the best meat. Monterrey, Sonora, Chihuahua, they really got good products. <sighs> I'm so excited. So you're gonna anywhere you go, you're gonna get good meat. Um, I'm ready for that. My my ideal, my goal is I think I was telling you or somebody else about this, but my goal is to be uh, a musical Anthony Bourdain, right? A and musical Anthony Bourdain. A musical <laughs> Anthony Bourdain. You know, and, and what I mean by that is like Anthony Bourdain was like a, a, a food journalist, obviously chef. Uh, I wouldn't call him a comedian. He was funny, but you know, he he was he was a commentator, a documenter. Um, but he was just a well-rounded individual who happened to be a chef and yeah. you know was very well traveled and, and exposed themselves to the, so many different cultures so my goal is to be the musical anthony bourdain in the sense that you know when i go to a new space and and that's why i'm like on this trip now is to kind of set up what that looks like for you know, like what that kind of lifestyle mm-hmm. even looks like you know going into a new city and you know doing a show like when i'm doing a show in tokyo on the 25th uh, speaking of you should go to that show if you're in Tokyo but (laughs) but I'm doing a show there um, and I'm not getting paid for that I'm just doing that to to support a homie you know so uh, one of the DJs there is Yuki Ben and she just wanted to bring me out and have me do a show for the first time and I love doing that because it gives me a chance to really connect with the community there and you know get to know the people before I say spend money on me you know and and, and, at that point then I can actually go and, and, and start this intimate connection with communities as a whole. And like my goal is to like over time have have kind of like events where instead of just, you know, go to a venue, go see your person, go home. Like those can be cool. Those are cool. There are many events and, and shows where that's that's a magical thing. But I want to take it a step further and make it a more intimate experience. So maybe rent out an Airbnb, right? And then bring out a local, um, either like a chef or, or somebody who, who does a really yes. good particular dish, but also have people who join, maybe limited to like five or six people, have them bring a complimentary like ingredient or, or you know, like I'll give them yeah, like yeah. instructions, but you know, have them be a part of the dish and then have a conversation, sit down with them, expose their city, expose their stories, and you know, share that and share my own story. And you know, have maybe like one or two songs, something like that, still keep it musical, (laughs) but overall have it's like, this sounds like a sounds like a dinner party exactly i want to i want to have commentary i want to do like a dinner party yeah. tour that's that's my goal it's so nice like actually people are in need of connection that's what i'm saying and when they yeah. happen to be doing it with fa- their favorite artists or like people they admire it just gets to a whole new level exactly so you, I think you should do it. Uh, like, trust me, I'm already talking. So one of the Airbnb uh, experience guys that were he, uh, that was here, uh, his name is Leash. He was actually on the uh, the Netflix series Taco Chronicles. Um, okay. He did the the Pastor episode, mm-hmm. um, and he was incredible. Like he he is really really knowledgeable about the food culture here, um, the travel culture in general. But uh, he was telling me that like there is like like I don't know if you know about so far sounds at all. Mm-hmm. But like so far out here is not really like that popping or like it's not it's not really doing much. Mm-hmm. But I was like that that presents an opportunity, mm-hmm. you know. 
people want an intimate thing, but they have to have it in the right context. So I was like, oh, so I was talking to him. I was like, maybe we should try and combine the experiences or I could have a common or combined experience where, you know, you bring the food element, I bring the music element, and then we bring it to an Airbnb space to have that kind of dinner party thing. So who knows? The first one may be in Mexico. Mm. You never know. You might be just like a flyer apart. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. Uh, but so I guess yeah. in, in closing, because this has been a marvelous conversation and we could talk for hours, but I know you got to get back to your project. <laughs> um, what would you say to, I guess, any any aspiring Latino or Latino artists trying to come out, but not be, you know, kind of boxed into a specific sound? What would you say uh, to them? Mm, to get really, to get involved in every part of the process, mm. at any level, like uh, independent artist, if you just got signed, like just don't let away, like get away from mm. everything, from the whole Like package. don't detach yourself. You know, don't detach yourself mm. and like really be present in, in like the creative process, even though like you're not a painter, you're not a designer, like just be in it. Be in it. Be and in get like get informed mm. about everything. Because it's very easy to get tricked in this industry. And I feel like you might be like um, a YouTube the, like tutorial apart from knowing like... Absolutely. Like Music Business 101, you know? It's YouTube University, as we like yeah. to call it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, We're it's the YouTube so... University generation. Yes, <laughs> a million percent. But we really should take that seriously. Like people mm. are spreading around like their knowledge and we just got to play for 15 minutes like a yeah. tutorial and... I don't know, like we, we really should use, even though it kind of seems evil, like the whole internet thing, we should use it as a tool. Yeah, absolutely. Same thing way, way I think about like money or anything, like money is not inherently evil. The yeah. internet's not inherently evil. They're, They're tools. just tools. Yeah. You know, so that's very good advice. Thank you. Good advice. Uh, is there anything you would like to plug? Anything you would like to share? Where can we find you on the internet? Oh, well, okay. <laughs> I'm like Girl Ultra. You can find me like that everywhere gotcha. and stay tuned i'm gonna drop an album very soon a couple of singles a couple of videos i'm gonna be amazing i'm so excited around. for it thank you me so much too now. thank you guys we appreciate you for yeah. coming through it was um, such a pleasure speaking to you yeah it was such a pleasure I, I feel like we really need to do this foodie thing whenever you come to mexico yep, yep like three yep. of us i'm gonna take yes. you to a couple of local spots please <laughs> I'm so excited. We'll make a whole we'll make a whole video episode about it. <laughs> yes, I'm down. Absolutely. Uh, so what do we got going on next week, Luis? Oh, uh, yeah. So <laughs> next week I'm gonna be in Tulum and I'm gonna show you the best dive spots. And by dive spots, I mean like actual places to dive in the water. <laughs> best sea We're notes. not doing that. <laughs> oh my god, I need I need like a dive right now. I, I would I would be down. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Yes. Well, if you have any other questions for us or Girl Ultra, Nan, the magnificent Girl Ultra, please hit us up on the internet, you know, <laughs> anywhere at thousandstory underscore. Um, and if you want to hit myself up personally, that's at Mr. Naji Boy, M R N A J I B O Y. You can find myself at L Pontillo. E-L-P-O-N-T-I-L-L-O on Twitter and Instagram. 
And like I said, if you enjoyed this, share it, like it, send us you send us some love, send us some hate too. If you don't like it, just let us know. <laughs> you know, and, and we enjoy you listening and thank you for being a part of the journey thus far. So until next week, we bid you adieu. Adios. Adios. Bye. <laughs> Adios. Hasta luego. <laughs> Oh, also, quick note, um, this is the end of the season. <laughs> so, we have been, a lot of shit has happened. Like, so much. So many things. So many things have so happened. So many moments. And, and we have not gotten oh the chance to gosh. record them all or film them all or talk about them at all. Yes. Uh, but, you know, to make up for that, we're going to pause here and come back next season uh, in February with all of the juicy details. Because, <laughs> again, a lot of shit has happened. <laughs> so, Too much. So, so, so much. Uh, but thank you guys for listening. Thank you for being here. Thank you for sticking around and listening to us ramble and having, you know supporting our guests and, and just showing love yeah. as you do. It's been super awesome to connect with so many people. And um, we're sorry that we're going on a hiatus for a second. But we need to gather ourselves after so much... <laughs> so fucked. Yeah, there were supposed to be 15 episodes, uh, but we only ended up with, what was it, like five? Six, yeah. Seven? Seven? Yeah. I think? Seven or eight? A lot um, of that was, you know, we were traveling, we were all so moving around, we were trying to do so many things at one time, so and then things. things just happened. Oh my God. That we'll talk about next, next time. <laughs> February 2020. Uh, can't give you, well, I could give you a specific date, but I won't. But just know, February 2020. Uh, that's when we'll be back with season three. Or I guess you could say season two, part two, even though it takes yeah. season three. I, I don't know how. Wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. This is season three. So it's be season 3.5. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right, right. Season 3.5. <laughs> um, but yes, so we'll be back with season 3.5 in February. Um, and in the meantime, go back, listen to some of the episodes that you might have missed, you know, put on some tea or coffee, whatever you prefer. Pet your cat. Pet your I'm cat. I'm sure he hasn't seen you in a while. You know, share some stories, you know, say, hug your children, et cetera, et cetera. Tell them oh, to like, comment, and Especially, and though, enjoy... New Year's. Happy New Year. Oh, yeah. Shit, Happy New Year's. That's <laughs> happening today. Drink some champagne. Uh, at least in this part of the world. Yeah. So, <laughs> yes, that's true. Yes. So, in you the know, US. I'm glad we all made it. I don't know how many decades we can keep saying that, but <laughs> I'm glad this one we did. So, there's that. Yeah. Um, but again, thank Happy you decade. for sticking around. Enjoy the decade. Enjoy the next one to come. There's going to be a bunch happening. Oh, yes. my gosh. 2020 is the year. And if y'all want to show us some love, continued love, you can either follow us on Twitter at ThousandStory underscore or, you know, myself at Mr. Najee Bloy, M-R-N-A-J-I-B-O-I. Or myself at El Pontillo, E-L-P-O-N-T-I-L-L-O. And then, you know, of course, the obligatory like, share, subscribe, subscribe, review, yeah, anything follow that, you know whatever you want to do to support send us pictures of your pets that, that too <laughs> and and tag us in it or something anything we we love it we we love hearing and connecting from you with you guys so uh until february 2020 uh the thousand story podcast will be back um yeah so <laughs> stay tuned <laughs> <laughs> goodbye Thank you.